Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Pat Horn. For today's episode, my original plan was to talk about cross-lake passenger transportation with companies like the Crosby and Goodrich line, but in my research I got sidetracked down a rabbit hole, as often happens, and ended up discovering quite an amazing story. On today's episode, we are going to examine one of the previously mentioned transportation lines, but we are going to be looking at it in relation to its founder. Today, we examine the life of Edward Gifford Crosby. Edward Crosby was born to Scottish immigrants in Ontario, New York, on October 27, 1842. As a young man, he moved with his father to Michigan and settled in Lenawee County, where he lived until the Civil War began. In 1861, he joined the Union Army as part of the 1st Cavalry Regiment of Company E. He was 19 at the time. He was part of several major battles, including Wilderness, Second Bull Run, Antietam, and Gettysburg. Crosby stayed in the Army until September 3, 1865, when he was discharged. After his time in the Army, he met and married his wife, Catherine, and they moved to Whitehall and lived there from 1869 to 1871, where Crosby worked at a mill. A daughter, Harriet, who will enter our story later, would be born to the pair while they lived there. They would also have two other children during their lifetime. From Whitehall, the family moved south to Muskegon, finding a place to live in the lakeside area. In 1880, Crosby is listed in the census living in the lakeside area as a mill worker. Things would start to change in the next year, though, for Crosby. He must have been managing his money from the mill well because in 1881, he is listed in the city directory as a tugboat man. Whether he was the captain or a crew member is uncertain, but this began Crosby's tie to the water and boats that would continue throughout his life. From here, Crosby got ownership of his own tugboat and got together with other captains to form Crosby & Co., with R. Rice and J. Hitchcock being the lead partners. From this point onward, Crosby would be known as Captain Crosby. Crosby & Co. took many different jobs. They had several scows, wooden boats with large flat decks, think of a barge with a sail, which they used to transport lumber and rail cars around Muskegon Lake. They also used their tugs to tow lumber schooners coming in and out of Muskegon Lake. Other jobs they did include building dry docks and piers and improving the harbor entrance for both Muskegon and Grand Haven. They received a government contract to build the Muskegon Pier and at the time employed 70 workers. Business was really moving along for Crosby and he was quickly becoming wealthy. However, as lumbering in Muskegon started to decline, Crosby & Co. had to change. They did this by changing the business from lumber transport on Muskegon Lake to cross-lake transportation. In 1896, Crosby purchased the Nyack and would buy another boat that would become the E.G. Crosby and form the Crosby Transportation Company. Crosby Transportation Company had a dock where Heritage Landing is today. From there, their ships would take goods and passengers from Muskegon to Milwaukee. Goods transported included products made by CWC, Brunswick, Central Paper, and they even carried the mail. The line ran daily, leaving Muskegon every night in the summer months when traveling was at its peak. To give you some idea of the number of passengers on Crosby ships, in 1924, when business had declined a bit, the line had near 8,000 passengers in a year. The passenger liners were made for premium traveling with cabins for guests and a restaurant and bar. The line would eventually have four ships that traveled to and from Milwaukee, the Nyack, and E.G. Crosby, Constoga, and the May Graham. 
1897, Crosby moved his family across the lake, buying a house along the lake in Milwaukee to better manage the business. In 1910, his daughter Catherine, after a bad divorce, moved to Paris to study art. Two years later, in 1912, Crosby and his wife would go to visit her. She would agree to accompany them back to the United States when they left. The family traveled to England in April of 1912 and made their way to Southampton, where they purchased their tickets to New York. Captain Crosby and his wife purchased a first-class ticket for £70, which, when converted and adjusted for inflation, would cost near $10,000, which is pretty expensive, but there were far more expensive rooms available on the RMS Titanic. Catherine, their daughter, would also get a first-class cabin down the hall from her parents. The voyage was going well for the family until that fateful night. On April 14th, Captain Crosby went to bed about 10.30 p.m. Both he and his wife were sound asleep when they heard a big thump on the ship around 11.30. Captain Crosby quickly got dressed and went up to the deck to see what the matter was. He quickly came back downstairs as he had sensed something was wrong and told his wife to get up and get dressed. He also woke his daughter up. Miss Crosby's response was less than exuberant, and after another trip up to the deck, Crosby came back down with more urgency, seeing that his wife hadn't gotten dressed, and yelled at her, You will lie there and drown. This roused Miss Crosby, and she got dressed and went up to the deck with her husband and daughter. As they got on deck, Miss Crosby and Catherine lost sight of Captain Crosby as they made their way to the lifeboats. They would not see him again. From there, the two Crosby women were put in a crowded lifeboat, and it was released into the water. The boat was so crowded that Catherine and her mother had to sit on the floor of the boat. The elder Crosby began to shiver, and someone found a piece of sail to cover her with. Catherine, though, could only look on in horror as she watched the Titanic start to sink. Catherine, when telling the story to the papers, later noted the screams and a feeling of hopelessness and dread that all in the lifeboat felt as they watched this scene in silence, as they knew many of their loved ones were still on board. The rowboat would circle around the sinking site looking for survivors for several hours until they were rescued by the Carpathia. While it seemed unlikely, the Crosbys held out hope that Captain Crosby had survived the sinking, but news reached them a few days later that his body had been recovered by the C.S. McKay Bennett, a ship sent to retrieve bodies. Edward Crosby's body would be brought back to the United States and sent to Milwaukee where a funeral was held aboard one of his liners in the port. Ceremonies were also held in Muskegon and Grand Haven. Captain Crosby was described as having an indomitable will and sterling integrity. He was 70 at the time of his death and had spent a good portion of his life on the water before meeting his end. After his death, his son Fred was put in charge of the business. Crosby Transportation Company continued until 1924 when the company was bought out. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week for the next episode. 